The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Well, while we try to draw legislative maps for the primary coming up sometime this spring, uh, maybe we should be doing something else, and that is uh, establishing a steel cage where our candidates for governor and senator can face off so we can all be more highly entertained than we already are. Hi, everybody. I'm Bruce Hooley. It is a Monday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Uh, We didn't have fisticuffs. We had uh, word-a-cuffs between Mike DeWine and Joe Blystone, although I don't think Blystone said anything. He just listened, and then he uh, mocked the governor after their supposed exchange at the Ohio Beef Expo over the weekend. And then, of course, in the Senate race, the two front runners in the polls, Josh Mandel and Mike Gibbons, uh, went toe-to-toe, nose-to-nose, chest-to-chest out in Gahanna on Friday night at the Freedom Works debate. And so tonight, there's some very happy people at television stations in the state of Ohio, which had already planned a one-hour debate for tonight between all the top Senate candidates. It will be live-streamed, maybe on pay-per-view, after what we saw in Canada on Friday. We'll break it all down for you, give you my assessment of it. I've talked to some political consultants over the weekend. They reached out to me. What did you think? What did you think? What did you think? Well, I wasn't dialed in on the Friday night exchange between Gibbons and Mandel, but it's all over social media. You can find the video. You can find the audio. Who called who the P word? That's the big debate now. Was it Gibbons who called Mandel that word, or was it Mandel who called Gibbons that word? Both campaigns are accusing the other of doing so. Uh, I've listened. I've watched. I can't definitively say, and I'm not sure it would be fair to either candidate to say which one I think said it because really it's not that material to the discussion because everything we need to glean from the Mandel-Gibbons standoff can be gleaned from it apart from the conversation about who said what to whom at the very end. Uh, There was another expletive uttered on the stage. Glad I listened to it all the way through or I would have played it on the air. But that was from another candidate who was, uh, shall we say, out of patience with the two as they stood up and got into it with each other. So let's give you a flavor for how it sounded. We're in Gehanna. It's Friday night. It's not civil like it was at the Ohio Republican Senate Forum at Genoa on uh, October the 26th with Hugh Hewitt and Aaron Baer of Center for Christian Virtue debating. Now that was a civil exchange of ideas. Nobody got out of their chair. Nobody challenged each other. A little different as we get progressively closer to the May primary. Mike Gibbons is the front runner. Josh Mandel is running second in the polls. Jane Timken, Matt Dolan, J.D. Vance are all on stage. And in his opening statement, Josh Mandel had, well, he had done what Josh Mandel does, which he is, as he will tell you, Over and over and over again, as he told us Thursday when he visited with us, a fighter. Josh Mandel has crafted his campaign around being a fighter. He says you can't be a senator these days without going to Washington, being ready to fight the Democratic Party. He's a fighter. 
He underscores his Marine service in his uh, campaign ads. And that's the the track he has chosen to take. It may bear fruit for him. Uh, It may not. I don't know. But I know he's a fighter. And he tells us he's a fighter over and over and over again. And so he came out swinging on Friday night. He accused Mike Gibbons, the investment banker from Cleveland, who has recently overtaken Mandel in the polls. He accused Mike Gibbons of making lots and lots and lots of money, millions of dollars. I think one account quoted Mandel saying, Gibbons has made billions of dollars. I don't think Gibbons is a billionaire. Maybe that was an inaccurate quote. But anyway, the thrust of it was that Mike Gibbons has made a lot of money, and some of the money he has made, a significant amount of the money he has made, he made by investing in oil from China. So now Gibbons has the floor. He stands up. He's going to address this. And in addressing it, he uh, got into his comments, and Josh Mandel rose out of his chair and challenged him. It sounded like this. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Let me start that over because uh, I want you to hear it from the very beginning. All right, here's Gibbons and Mandel, Friday night in Gahanna. I can you tell filed you, that I, with the Federal Elections Commission. You well, have stock I, in Chinese Petro. I personally didn't buy the stock. You uh, made millions off it, sir. I don't think I made millions off of anything. I'd love to have made millions off of Chinese Petro. Uh, first of all, Shanghai Shenda and buying, Chinese Petro. Buying a second, right, you may not understand this because you've I never been in the private. No, you don't. I do. You've never been in the I private sector it. in your all right, entire I've worked, sir. Oh, squat, Two chores in Iraq. Don't oh, tell me gosh. I haven't worked. Don't tell me I haven't worked. You, you don't know squat. It's okay, right? You don't know squat. Two tours in Iraq. Don't tell me I haven't worked. Back off, buddy. You're gonna you back off. Oh, come on, come on. Never. Let's sit down. Never. Watch. Watch. We'll square it away with the wrong dude. No, 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 you're dealing with the wrong guy. You watch what happens. You watch what happens. Okay, clearly heard the crowd didn't like it. Okay, that's the first thing. You heard Gibbons say, I didn't personally buy the stock. That sounds a little lame. You're going to be held accountable for whatever your company does, but I understand Mike Gibbons can't have his eyes on every single thing at every single company that he owns or every single matter that he's involved in. Then he said something that Mandel, I would I would assume, I haven't talked to anybody from the Mandel campaign, but brace yourself for the ads from Mandel featuring Mike Gibbons saying, I would have loved to have made millions off Chinese oil. That's coming. I would think that's coming. And then Gibbons lays out a comment that Mandel was, I think, ready for and ready to pounce on. Gibbons said, you've never been in the private sector. Okay, Josh Mandel's two-time state treasurer, state of Ohio. He's been on a lot of corporate boards because he's a two-time treasurer, state of Ohio. Josh Mandel has been a high achiever, doing things in his life that position him to run for office, and he has run for office, and he, of course, was running for Senate and pulled out for family-related reasons. He has attributed his pullout in uh, the campaign against Sherrod Brown a few years ago. But Gibbons said, you've never worked in the private sector, and Mandel throws out his Marine service, two tours in Iraq. Now, listen. Serving in the U.S. military is not serving in the private sector. But, but, serving in the U.S. military is serving as nobly as you can. 
See, this is one of those instances where two things can be true at once. Mike Gibbons can be right in saying that Josh Mandel has never had a job in the private sector, meaning, meaning, and this is what Gibbons means by it, I think, because this is what I hear when I hear private sector. When I hear private sector, I hear someone who has risked their own money, building a business, investing in companies, hiring people, managing people, leading people in order to build an operation that employs people on and on and on. That, to me, is the private sector. I think that generally is what people mean when they say, I've worked in the private sector. Serving in the military is the noblest form of serving, but it is not serving in the private sector because when you serve in the U.S. Marines, you are not, unless you're a colonel or a higher ranking off a high ranking officer, you know, you could be a sergeant, you could be corp, you could be a, 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 a corporal. You know, you're not a private, you're a corporal, you supervise people, but you're not you're not creating wealth. You're not paying other Marines. So you are serving, but you are serving in the public sector. You are serving in government. You're serving way more nobly than Pelosi and Schumer and any of the other swamp rats in Washington. But when you're in the military, from the lowliest potato peeler to the highest office, be it Lloyd Austin or Mark Milley, you are in the public sector because we're paying you. The public is paying you through taxes. So you're not serving in the private sector when you serve as a military officer, but you are serving as nobly as anyone can. So two things can be true at once. Mandel can say, I serve nobly, but he can't say I served in the private sector because he did not, if he's using, if, I don't know his whole resume, But his service as a Marine is not serving in the private sector. Gibbons makes the point, I'm sure, like Trump made the point, I've created wealth, I've managed companies, I've dealt with risk and reward and blah, blah. That's the point Gibbons is making. So Mandel's not into nuance. If there's any candidate ever who's not been into nuance, it's Josh Mandel. Josh Mandel is, you might have heard this, a fighter. Right? He says it all the time. I heard an interview with him this morning. He must have said it six times. I'm a fighter. 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 Okay. I get it. So he comes to a debate ready for a fight. He's carved out his lane. He's not stupid. He's not going to change in midstream because then what would he be? A fraud. He's going to ride out on the horse he rode in on. And he rode into the Senate race on the horse that... I'm a fighter. I'm going to Washington, you know, with a sword in one hand and a Bible in the other. That's kind of Josh Mandel's approach, and he's not straying from it because he'd be inauthentic if he didn't stray from it. Mike Gibbons has carved out a different lane. I'm a private businessman. I want to serve my country. I've created wealth. That's Mike Gibbons' lane. And so these two lanes are crossing over each other at this debate, and you heard how it sounded. So what do I think the upshot of this is? how it played out, and then we'll get to the governor. The, our, 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 our little, polite governor supposedly 
issuing what could have been taken, what I would have taken, as a threat, as a chesty threat from Mike DeWine. What did he say to Joe Blystone at the Ohio Beef Expo? I'll tell you next on The Bruce Hooley Show. Nice to be with you. Hey, congratulations to the uh, Pickerington Central Tigers winning the Division I Boys State Basketball Championship last night at Dayton Arena. Man, that was a tremendous game, and they broke the 45-game winning streak of the Centerville Elks. So, Sonny Styles, Devin Royal, uh, all the uh, Pick Central Tigers celebrating today. Late night for them. They were getting on their bus to head home uh, well after 11 p.m., but they were some happy, happy guys, and they should have been. So, congratulations to them. Uh, a lot happier than Josh Mandel and Mike Gibbons, I think, will be when the fallout from their dust-up at the Senate debate on Friday night in Gehenna shakes out. Because here's what I think will happen. I think that did not serve either man. I think Josh Mandel went in with the uh, with with voters. I think Josh Mandel went in with the idea of challenging Gibbons, painting him as a guy who has benefited on the backs of small, regular Ohio guy. Okay? And the way that Mandel can do that, can't just bang on Gibbons' wealth because Mandel is wealthy himself, not as wealthy as Gibbons, I don't think, but he's still wealthy by everyday American standards. But Josh Mandel went in with a clear plan to impugn Mike Gibbons' integrity because of investments that Mike Gibbons' companies have made in either Chinese companies or companies that do business with China. Now, that's fine. I understand that strategy. I wouldn't even counsel against that strategy. But while Gibbons is talking and Mandel stands up and goes nose-to-nose with him and, you know, then the back-off buddy and you're going to regret this and that kind of, you know, chesty talk, Gibbons took the bait. He fell for, as they used to say in the old uh, Beverly Hills Cop movies, he fell for the banana in the tailpipe. He let Mandel move Mike Gibbons from frontrunner to a bit unhinged. I'm not going to say he was unhinged, but he was a bit unhinged. He was challenged. Gibbons is a guy who's got a lot to be, I'll say, proud of in his life. He's come from humble means to be a success. He manages people. He's probably not accustomed to people challenging him like Mandel challenged him. So when you're the front runner, you have the most to lose because you're the front runner. So one of the things that Ohio voters need to look for in a senator is the right temperament that they prefer in a senator. If you want full-blown confrontational, argumentative, give-no-quarter, Donald Trumpish candidate, Josh Mandel and Mike Gibbons are closer to that kind of candidate than J.D. Vance, Matt Dolan, and Jane Timken. They just are. There are a significant portion of Ohio voters who want that in a candidate. They That's what they loved about Trump. And that's, I mean, look, Gibbons and Mandel are on top of the poll, right? So, There are a lot of people who want that, but pretty much the 
collective polling that have Gibbons or Mandel on top of the polls is the same amount of people who remain undecided in the race. So people who were already in with Mandel are not leaving Mandel because of what happened Friday. People who are already in with Gibbons probably aren't leaving Gibbons because of what happened Friday. But that, but some of them might be because some of them might have said, look, I want, I want a Trump-like candidate, but Mike Gibbons is not as Trump as Mandel, right? Well, Friday night, Mike Gibbons showed himself to be quicker on the trigger, temper trigger, than maybe some of those people who had said they would vote for him are comfortable with, right? And Timken and Dolan and Vance just sat there and let this play out. At the very end, Vance got up and said, yeah, basically, come on, knock it off. J.D. Vance post-debate poll showed was the favorite of people coming out of that event. I think the very next poll, not from a campaign, but from somebody independent, is going to be very, very interesting. Here's my prediction. J.D. Vance is going to get a bump out of that. Not because the people in the room said he did well, but I talked to a political consultant Saturday morning, and I said to me, this is ideal. J.D. Vance couldn't have ordered this up any better because J.D. Vance now looks smarter. He looks more able to deal with the challenges of being a senator without the hair trigger. Now, Vance still has to outrun his past Trump criticism. And I don't know if that there will be some Trump people, Trump voters, who will ever come around to the side of J.D. Vance. But Dolan and Timken, I don't think, can win the primary. Vance now, I would have said before Friday night, no chance Vance would win. Too much ground to make up. I think he's got a shot now if the next poll is promising. Like if the next polls are Mandel 20, Gibbons 20, Vance 15, Vance, even Vance at 12 or 11, he will have gained some of those undecided, maybe gotten a few dribblers out of the Mandel and or Gibbons camp. So very, very interesting. Sorry, I didn't get to our governor threatening Joe Blystone, but I will next on The Bruce Hooley Show.